nine down week nine in the books it was not a good one for a couple of us um especially me but i guess i guess you know with that being said i can jump on into to my recap uh south Carolina, missouri home game at williams bryce last week obviously i talked about how you know missouri's not a team you should sleep on um don't take them lightly because they can come out there and beat you and that's exactly what they did um, defense came out kind of sleeping in the first half. They definitely improved in the second half, but they came out really, really slow. Um, just didn't look aggressive. They were getting pushed. Uh, Missouri was running the ball the way they wanted to. Um, just kind of doing whatever they want offensively. They scored 17 points in the first half. Um, and then only six in the second half. Uh, I think they only had like 100 yards of their – 370 in, in the second half. So the first half um, defense was not very good. The offense has just been sleeping all season, uh, and they continued that, especially with Marshawn Lloyd kind of beat up um, and couldn't couldn't play that much. He only had seven carries because of his little nagging. I don't even know what's injured. I heard hamstring, um, but I don't really know. He had seven carries for 30 yards and was still our leading rusher for the game. Uh, which is not good. You don't want your offense to have to depend on one person. Um, and, you know, I, I thought we had some other good backs in the room, like with Juju and with Christian Beal Smith, but they just couldn't get anything going uh, for either of those guys. Um, and we just, I mean, as offense as a whole, couldn't get anything going. It looked terrible. Um, I don't know. I haven't even gone back and watched the game again. Um, but we only had 200 total yards, um, 14 first downs. Our longest drive, uh, the touchdown drive before the half, um, was aided with a bunch of penalties. I mean, rightfully called penalties on Missouri, but that's kind of what extended the drive there. Um, Rather has another couple turnovers. Just, just a bad game. Just a really bad game um, against a team that shouldn't be able to beat you by 13 points. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any positives to take away. The defense played well in the second half. Um, but other than that, not much to it. You know, you came out sleeping and you got your butts handed to you for it. So, there's not much much else to say really about that. No no fire stat. I mean, come on. I mean. Can yeah. I got my T-shirt? That's, I mean, that's obvious. There, there needs to be changes made. I mean, we're – over two and a half seasons into his offense, and it's been the same no matter the personnel, no matter anything. Um, you know, if Marshawn Lloyd's not out there running the ball, then we're losing pretty much. So he's got to go. I mean, and 
you know, there's a bunch of Carolina fans pissed that in Beamer's press conference, someone asked him if, if he thought about making a change, uh, at, like making a play make play caller change, and he said no. But that's just not something you're going to do midseason um, most of the time. Of course, there's those circumstances where offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators get fired midseason, but that's just – I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Sat's contract runs out at the end of this season, so I, I would be surprised if, if there's not a change made. Um, you know, I don't even uh, think it matters. A, I don't even think it matters. He's a classy guy. I don't even he's think it matters even. what uh, what the rest of the season looks like. I mean, bar, barring you go 4-0 in these last four games and beat – Tennessee and Clemson, but um, be crazy though. That would be crazy, but I think there'll probably be a change made at some point. Hopefully, it needs to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I was so pissed off. Really took the wind out of the sails. That uh, I don't know if y'all watched the game or not, but that um, the interception. I watched a good bit of it. The interception that got called back on D.Q. Smith for pass interference. That's not why we lost the game. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but that is noteworthy because it's one of the worst calls I've I've seen this year. It was also kind of a wind out of the sails moment too. Yeah, because the game's I mean, tied to that. It, I mean, it could have been could have been a momentum shifter, but again, like you can't just. I mean that. I don't know how much that actually changes the game. I, I mean, we still look like crap and we would have got that pick on like the 10 yard line or whatever, wherever it was. I don't even remember. Um, and the offense would have gone three and out anyway. So <laughs> it is what it is. Regroup, move on to next week. Um, another winnable game, but with the showing against Missouri, I wouldn't put it in a for sure win category. So, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, any questions? I mean, mine is just – I just don't understand the offense at this point. I feel like you're almost to the point of, like – I get that at some point you have to have an identity, and I feel like there is no identity. It's either Marshawn Lloyd has a really good game running the ball, and then you're able to establish some play action off of it, or Marshawn's hurt, or, you know, you fuck around and get behind. I mean, it just seems like there is no identity. Yeah. Which is obviously – part of the problem i mean you know absolutely this. yep watch the games yep so i guess my question to you is if if, if you're yeah, i mean not if you're calling plays but if you're trying to game what do you like what do you do what do you focus on because obviously you can't you can't sit here and expect marshawn lloyd to run for 170 yards week in week out i mean there's got to be something off of it Dude, I, we I, talked about josh van not getting enough touches but i mean like is there is there something missing like, am I missing something here? I think I think we just don't have the middle of the field in the playbook at all. I mean, I, I saw a stat we've run, like, five slants, slant routes, um, since Jaheim Bell took the one versus North Carolina, took the one to the house versus North Carolina in the bowl game last year. That's crazy. I guess my only <clears> – <throat> My and not, not that, that not is, that slant routes is, is just going to be like, you know, run slants no, every single I mean, time. But it's – I mean, you got to utilize the middle of the field. Send your email up the seam or just like – I don't know. It's just everything is to the sideline, which is fine. But, I mean, it's not fine. 
I mean, throwing to the sideline is fine, but when that's all you do, it's like you're kind of predictable. Yeah. And I mean, I haven't I haven't watched closely enough to really know what like how teams are playing y'all, but I assume at this point it's probably drop eight. I mean, Missouri got into that habit in the second half where obviously they knew y'all were gonna try and throw the ball a little bit. Well, Missouri there was really also nothing going on. Missouri Missouri also like during the press conferences and stuff, the post-game press – well, not even post-game, the, the Sunday press conferences, the players were like – they knew exactly what we were doing every single play. Like, they would if, – if we were passing – Oh, would, my God, that's another thing. Their yeah. defensive line – you saw this. Their defensive line is, like, checking out and, like, doing this, like raising yeah. their hand. They knew. They pointing, knew. And then y'all yeah. would throw the ball. Yeah, they knew exactly what we were doing. They, they knew. And that's just – I mean, that goes back on Satterfield. Has to. Well, and the other thing that really bothers me is the fact that Spencer Rattler's like defeated as hell, saying, "Well, we didn't have any answers." Like, I mean, I get he's not having a great year statistically, but your quarterback has to be able to check his line. He has to have some sort of freedom to where if they're, if you realize they're they're pointing in the air, every every pass play, like at some point, when are we going to check out of this to a, to a dive, like? And I, th- I mean, I think the I whole think... the whole thing schematically right now is just a dumpster fire. Yeah, and watching yeah. is just frustrating because there's so, playmakers so that aren't getting the ball. I think exactly. that's what really frustrates me the most. Yeah, and I don't even give a shit if y'all win. That's the thing. But I see Jaheim Bell not even on the field. Nonsense. Josh Vans out there running routes on air. He's not getting looked at. You have Xavier Leggett who last week with the huge kickoff return, and it's like, well. Maybe this is a time to get him involved. But there's just there's just nothing. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's sad, really. It is. It is sad. I mean, I heard someone say on a podcast, they're like, Spencer Rattler looks like like a rookie in an NFL offense. Just like confused, not really sure what's going on, like not comfortable, all that sort of stuff. And I kind of agree. And I mean, this is not like an NFL offense. I'm not saying that, but just like that kind of, that kind of look, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. Just deer in the headlights. Yeah. yeah. He, he just left a freaking air raid offense. Well, he left a really simple, this. yeah, simple. He left and a half field read offense that yeah. had dogs. Yeah. yeah. He threw to open guys pretty much the whole, the whole time. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Actually, I do know. I don't the think there is, is an answer, and that's gotta, what's frustrating. You got to change. You got to change play calling, or just ditch the whole system. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Change. Change the play caller. <laughs> and the whole playbook. <laughs> that and I mean, you still can't. You still can't uh, let Rattler get off. That either. I mean, he's still making mistakes in that offense. You know, it's yeah, a little him. Yeah. It's a little bit of him too. No, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. He's also not playing well. He's turning the ball over way too much. Not making great reads. But at the same time, like again, I, I think it's just. I don't think he has many choices in what the play calling is. Many checks to get out of place he doesn't like. So he's just kind of thrown out there to do whatever Satterfield says. And I mean, I guess that's sort of why do you have an offensive coordinator but at the same time Rattler's a, a an experienced quarterback and I mean he knows he knows what to look for and he knows for the most part what he's looking at so 
doesn't have much freedom. But yes, it is. It's it's on both of them. Because I mean, you. I mean, no matter what offensive coordinators call and plays, you shouldn't have what five touchdowns, nine picks right now. Yeah, That's ridiculous. And I mean, what are, you, what are you all averaging uh, points per game right now? You know. I have no idea. I want to I say it's. I, I want to say like in SEC play, which is all that matters. It's like twenty. Yeah, and that's with the guys you'll have on offense. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. That's pathetic. And yeah. it's not. I mean, we don't. It's not like we have the greatest playmakers in the world, but it's much better than than this. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. I th- I thought I was starting to figure the team out like through Kentucky and through Texas A&M, but they just came out and laid an absolute egg. So. Wrap the season up. <laughs> nah, y'all still got, y'all are still above 500. That's all that matters. It's true. Hopefully, hopefully we can stay that way. Well, I guess uh, we'll go into Georgia-Florida game. Last week I talked about, um, you know, the big thing that we had to do on uh, defense to limit uh, this Gator offense in the end zone. It was keep uh, AR-15 in the pocket, and we did a pretty good job of that. Um, <clears throat> their uh, lead rusher, I think, was Trevor Etienne with 54 yards. Um, 53, yeah. 53. Um, Anthony Richardson didn't – he had one, one – one or two little good runs that got him a first down, but yeah, he he had a long of fourteen, and then he yeah. had nineteen yards on the game. <laughs> you never saw the uh, thirty forty yarders like you've been seeing all year, um, but it helps. Uh, the first play of the game, uh, he scrambled out of the pocket and tweaked his knee on the sideline. Um, he looked fine, but you know people are going to say all over social media and stuff that. You know, could have been a lot worse. Blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I think we did we did a good job of containing him. Um, we got out in a hurry, quick on offense. Uh, um, I love to see it. Brock Bowers just had a phenomenal game, and like per usual, we've seen since he came on campus. Um, Dejon Edwards is continuing to show. Um, how good of a running back he yeah, is. Yeah, is he y'all's best running back? In between the tackles, yes. Um, Kenny McIntosh, probably the better all-around back. But as far as the most physical guy that always falls forward, absolutely. The most, like, Georgia-esque running back? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Branson Robinson's been coming in and having a couple good runs, too, the past two games. Um He's looking, he's looking pretty good as well. Um, yeah, we get out of a hurry quick. I mean, it was 28-3 in the middle of the second quarter or at halftime. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be a, a 45-10 game again. Um, in the third quarter, we kind of – we had a couple turnovers. Um, King McIntosh got ripped. Um, fumbled the ball on our own on our own territory, um, and they scored. And the next drive, Stetson threw a ill-advised pass. Uh, it kind of reminded me of old Stetson, 
um, just making, you know, stupid, stupid decisions, trying to force the ball, um, trying to throw the wheel route, um, didn't see the guy underneath. Um, and he had brought our, um, Darnell Washington wide open on a five yard cross, um, and just was trying to make a big play uh, when he didn't have to. Um, so they scored 14 points off of those two turnovers and came back in the game. I mean, it was yeah, 28. It was, yeah, it was 28 to 20, and I was like, we have a ball game on our hands yeah. here. Yeah, we thought we thought it was about to be a game, and then uh, Kirby said, "Do what?" Kirby said, "Not so fast." Yeah, the offense came out and marched down the field and scored real quick. So went up 35-20, and that kind of took the the air out of the momentum that Florida thought they had um, for a second there. Um, I mean, it was an all-around good game. You know, we offense is still clicking on all cylinders without our best wide receiver, um, which I'll get more into that when we talk about Tennessee. Um, Lad's still dropping catches. I don't know what his deal is, um, but he did have a touchdown, so that was good. Um, now, I'm not going to talk too much about it because, you know, going into it, we kind of knew it was going to be an ugly game, <clears throat> lopsided game for for Georgia. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, everything looked good. Um, had a couple guys go down with injuries, which is not what you want going into these next three weeks. Yeah, Nolan, Nolan Smith's out. or Yeah, Nolan Smith. Yeah, he tore his pack. Marius Mims. Uh, tweaked his knee. I think it was – I haven't said it, but it looks like his MCL, if I had to guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's not what you want going into the gauntlet of the schedule this year. But, you know, next man up, this is why you recruit um, at a high level. So, this is we'll why, see. That's, that's, that's why the great teams have the best depth. Yep. And uh, – a great quote uh, from some. Uh, it was an old coach. He was doing an interview, and I forgot the name. Um, he was quoting Saban. He worked for Saban. Um, gosh, what was his name? But he was, you know, just one of those assistants that was on the staff, you know, from three or four years and bouncing around, whatever. He said, yeah. Saban always used to say, um, y'all might have seen this video, but he would – Pass out, they have a big coaches meeting, all the grasses is everything before the season started, um, or before summer camp started. And you would have a sheet printed out of all 100 players listed on it. And he'd be like, rank all our players one through 100, skill wise. Like, who do you think the best players on, their, on the team from one to 100? And the reason he did this, he said, you're only as good is your guys 40 through 60 and that's your depth and so it's fair um that's that's gonna be huge coming into this weekend um i'll touch on that later but yeah i mean i, I don't have anything else to say really about the four games and, yeah i mean um, you get a win you did what you needed to do yeah other than trevor etn is going to be a dog in the future um for Florida, that's all. All good. I got to say about them. Yeah. 
their quarterback might be good eventually with another yeah. like six years worth of like studying football. He'll he'll be a he'll be a Taysom Hill in the NFL. Which is unfortunate, I think probably right. He'll yeah. be a he'll be a freaking Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> if he could just figure out how to like read a defense. Or like, and, and like throw, throw the ball, the ball with some touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was telling I was telling Jacob like it was one of those games where he he had chances to you know make big plays with his arm. Like he had guys beat on a couple of plays and he would just overthrow them or make a terrible throw. I mean, it was just it was it was hard to watch sometimes how open they were. Yeah, he's not he's not good at doing the whole like play football thing. Yeah. But you know, he's he do be athletic. Yeah. He would be Cameron Newton every now and then. Anyways, we can we can slot over to the other team in Georgia. The Yellow Jackets. That was almost a perfect transition when you talked about uh not being good at the quarterback thing. Um uh, let's Speaking. not do let's not do Pyron like that. He didn't play that bad. Well, I what I was gonna start good, off but... what I was gonna start off with <laughs> he's, he's his not, first that's game. not my point. That's not my point. <laughs> what I was gonna start off with is you can pretty much throw away our first two offensive possessions having Zach Gibson out on the field. It was a complete waste of it was a complete waste of time. I have no I absolutely no idea why you do it. Um the kid is terrible. And so you go out there, you can't run the ball. And you got him in the game, and he kind of just felt like if they score three points, you're toast. Um, if they score seven, you're beat immediately. Um, and then, um, obviously, this was probably one of our defenses' just worst game combined. I mean, I think we had given up like 428 yards in the first half. Um, we just couldn't tackle. Uh, we got lucky that Florida State gave us the ball on the two. They fumbled it. We picked it up and ran it almost all the way back. Um, just got a few turnovers here and there that kind of kept you in it in the first half, but it just never really felt like you were in the game. Um, missed tackles, penalties, and then when you get the ball back, you can't you can't even begin to move the ball. So um, I thought the offensive play calling was really poor in the first half, and you had Pyron out there, and I, I really think that they just kind of wanted to get his feet wet, so it was a lot of read options, design keepers, um, dump passes. He, he just did not have the opportunity to throw the ball down the field. And it's like at one point they finally decided, okay, well, we're just going to let him throw it down the field. And when you did, you started moving the ball. Um, he's He's got really solid mechanics. He sits there tall in the pocket. Um, he doesn't get – doesn't look like he gets, you know, nervous, happy feet. He just stands in there and throws the ball. He threw a really nice touchdown pass to EJ right after I said, that kid is terrible talking <laughs> about EJ. Um, but you know, there were, there were a lot of passes where he, he stood in there, faced the rush and, and, and delivered a ball. That was really nice. And he either picked up a first down or, you know, he was throwing downfield and it was like, you know, why did we waste an entire half of football? Not letting this kid do that. If he goes out there and turns the ball over, I mean, it's, it's, it's not anything that, that, you know, you haven't done this year, or it's not anything that you did with Jeff when Jeff was a freshman down at Florida State. I mean, Jeff would move the ball down the field and throw a pick. We just got really lucky to win that game because Florida State was also terrible at the time. Um, 
So it's just really kind of frustrating because you come out there in the second half and the, com- the play calling looked completely different. It opened up the run uh, when you started throwing the ball downfield, and it's kind of like one of those things where you're like, holy shit, this is how this goes. If you throw it downfield and teams have to worry about you throwing over top of them like we did for the touchdown pass, you know, maybe they won't slam an eight in there and dare you to throw it over top of them. You can't run the ball. <laughs> they won't have 11 guys in run defense. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's, it's just really frustrating. So when you combine that with, and you know, defense, some, 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 uh, some games are just kind of not going to be there for either offense or defense. And obviously it hasn't been there for the offense, but the defense has been holding you in games that you have no business being in, to be honest. But it's because the defense is just, being opportunistic, taking the ball away and, and keeping you in it. But they just didn't have it. And Florida State did a really good job of, you know, they'd put you in they they'd put you in fifty fifty situations where they'd throw it up to a receiver on the sideline number fourteen was just he was coming down with almost every one of them. Um so they hit some they hit some goes down the sideline, they hit some back shoulder throws, um and then tackling was poor on top of that and it turned into a couple big plays. The next thing you know you're out of the ball game. So um offensively we did get at left tackle we got tyler gibson actually zach zach gibson's younger brother uh, he was a four-star offensive tackle recruit last year and i'm gonna be honest it's probably why he was brought into the program because we were trying to recruit his younger brother um but he got some significant snaps for the first time this year so he had two freshmen on offense pyron and gibson at the same time and he actually looked really good uh, apparently things have been starting to click for him and we had an injury and he got some time to get some snaps and that was important because uh, I think he's your future at left tackle so um, that that was a positive uh, offensive line we had two injury, injuries and you know the offensive line didn't look just miserable to be honest so that's another positive I guess you're finally starting to get some guys that can rotate some guys that can be some can can have you some solid depth there um but we're still we're still a long way off from where we need to be and it's kind of one of those deals where you feel bad because i mean you know this is brent key's audition but he was dealt the shittiest of shit hands yeah um when it comes to that situation for this to be you know his tryout if if you will so um they say jeff's back this week to full speed practicing, who knows? We'll see if that's the case, or it could be, and you're still going to get but back. I, I mean, it's it's obvious that Zach Pyron is QB two now. Oh, it it couldn't be any clearer. That he's I mean, QB two. Mine he's could be QB one. Three for sixty four percent, two hundred yards and a touchdown. That's not bad for a freshman in his first game. Did no. he have a rushing touchdown? Yeah, he had a rushing touchdown at the end of the game too. So he's responsible for two touchdowns. I, I mean, it's it's just like. He's more mobile than Zach Gibson. That off the bat should allow you to have him out there in the game because our offensive line is not the kind of offensive line where you can sit sit in the pocket and just stand there and, and be patient. I mean, you've got very limited time, and then you've either got to get out of there or you got to get rid of the ball. And so, it's yeah, take up 100%. There's no doubt he should be your guy. Um, so... Yeah, and that was what was conveyed after yesterday's uh, press conference. He's like, you know, it's going to be between Zach and and Jeff if Jeff feels like he's good enough to go. But my opinion is, like, I'm tired of seeing Jeff out there trying to give it a go, and he looks halfway interested. 
Um, yeah. I'd, ra- I'd rather have Zach Tyron getting out, out there getting reps against a bad Virginia Tech team that you can kind of build some confidence in. And um, I'd rather just see us go that route than trying to give a, a half-assed Jeff Sims up there. So Yeah. Speaking of Virginia Tech, why don't we just hop right over into this week's game? That's fine. Um, so, yeah, we got Virginia Tech at uh, Virginia Tech this weekend. Um, defensively, they, they're – pretty average in the ACC they're not terrible to be honest um they, they rank somewhere in the middle on all defensive metrics um which makes sense with Brent Pry being defensive coordinator you can kind of figure they're going to be a little bit more uh defensive minded but um offensively uh they're pretty bad um Marshall quarterback can't his name slipping me for whatever reason. Grant Wells yes um he's not good and they just have really failed to do anything on offense. And if you put up any kind of points in the beginning of the game, um, it just they, – they, they fail to keep up. So, um, like I said, talked about Jeff being healthy. I think that's a key factor. If Jeff's full go, 100%, I, have re- I feel really good about the game. Um, Jeff brings in a whole other dynamic of the game, the outside run game. Um, you can really stretch you out and you bring, you bring him into the quarterback run. Uh, if you bring that into the game plan, it's, it's a, a different offense. I'm not saying it's a great offense, but it, it requires teams to, to stay honest and, uh, you know, not just completely load the box like we've been seeing. Um, also, Jeff is definitely more comfortable throwing the ball than Pyron. So if he's, you know, a full go, 100%, I think you'll be able to move the ball on him. Um, I, I, I feel good about our defense having like a rebound week. Um, I think we actually have a lot of talent on defense tackling was just one of, it was just one of those games where you failed to tackle. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to give Florida State some credit, their running backs are pretty damn good. They also have a pretty solid offensive line to be what it is. Yeah. And, and, and our biggest struggle tackling outside of the running backs was, number 14 that big ass receiver and he's a bit he's a big dude so i mean it's just kind of one of those things where i feel like one thing turns into another then the game kind of gets away from you but i don't really expect to see that kind of thing against virginia tech um i feel like we'll kind of go out there and and have a bit more uh i don't, I don't really know what the word is but just success i guess success yeah but in terms of confidence and just being, you know, juiced up to go out there and play a football game. Um, I feel like the guys are still, they're not, they're not just disinterested and don't really give a shit. They it sounds like they want to fix it and they want to go win football games. So this is a really good opportunity to go um, get an, a, a win in the, in the win column because there's not much opportunity left on the, on the schedule. And um yeah, Virginia Tech's just not good. So you got to go out there and I think I think the key is scoring your first two offensive drives because I know we'll get either a stop or a turnover just the way we've been playing on defense in the beginning of the game from them um, with how poor they look on offense. And I think you can kind of just split them away. So that's my hope. Um, I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think it'll be, you know, a 21-10 game. Um, but I'd be I'd be happy with a one to nothing game in our favor. So, yeah, I mean, don't, hey, that's don't all really we need. care. Don't really care how we get there, just win. Yeah, I guess kind of on the same front, sort of 
the same way with the South Carolina game, South Carolina at Vanderbilt. Um, you know, you asked me before this past game, I would say, yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely going to win this game. Um, now I'm not so sure, you know, Marshawn Lloyd's banged up. Christian Beal Smith is a little banged up too. Um, and obviously we can't throw the ball very well. So I don't really know where the offense is going to come from. Um, and, you know, all the stuff we talked about earlier in the breakdown uh, is still there. Got to get Gene Bell on the field for more than nine snaps. That's ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just – it's so hard to, like, break down these games because I just don't know – I just don't know what this team's going to do. Um, I mean, you you got to expect to beat a team like Vanderbilt who's better than they have been in the past, but they're still not very good. Um, but – you just never really know with this with the South Carolina team. I mean, I think the defense is going to play well. Um, Vanderbilt's offense is is not great, obviously. Um, but Sid, like you said, I would be happy with a one to nothing game. Um, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think first one to to twenty one or twenty points is going to win the game. So uh, we'll see. I'm excited. I'll be at the game in Nashville, so I'm excited to see their stadium and all. But uh, I am. I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit nervous about it. So, I mean, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Any given week, like no matter who you are, I mean, there's there's a little bit of do we go to Vanderbilt and lay an egg? Um, they're not like the fair Vanderbilt teams we've seen in the past, right? That are just absolutely dog shit, but they're not good, and they're just kind of one of those teams you just got to go out there and win the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're not Alabama, Georgia, whatever, just just go out there and win the game. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, matchup wise, you have to you have to like it. Yeah. And like I mean, those absolutely. defense played bad. Freshman quarterback. They don't really have much much in the way of a run game. I mean, Mike Wright was their run game before he got benched. So you gotta like that aspect of it for sure. Yeah. Also don't just don't I haven't really watched Vandy play much this year, if I'm being completely honest. I don't really know. Uh, much of what they do, especially defensively. Um, but, I mean, three weeks in a row, it was Alabama, Ole Miss, and Georgia, but they got 50 burgers put up on them. Um, but I don't know. Our offense is obviously not going to do that. South Carolina is not going to do that. Um, but I don't know. You expect us to be able to move the ball a little bit better, even with potentially Marshall and Lloyd being out. So, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, I don't really have much more to say about that. You want to give us a score prediction? I mean, 20, we're, we're obviously calling for the bounce back here. 24-17. Okay. I mean, do you think that Zeb Nolan needs to come in and win this game? <laughs> I hope not. Yes. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe Luke Doty, though. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Anyways. We can we'll, – we'll go into the Clemson game since, you know, the Georgia yeah, game we'll, is, is the biggest game of the weekend. We'll hold off on that. Um, <clears throat> so, obviously, Clemson going to uh, to South Bend. We're three-and-a-half point favorite at this point. Um, and, I mean – Surprising. How so? Seems low. Well, Seems so low. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Notre Dame, like, when you look at it, They've they beat Syracuse, which I think is a good team, not a great team. They're probably a fringe top twenty-five team. 
Uh, they beat UNC, which at this point, I mean, you might score 100 on them, but they're going to score 200 on you. Yeah. So they've got they've got two really solid road wins. Um, but, I mean, then they've laid eggs at home against, obviously, Marshall. Stanford. Stanford. Um, so, but I think – and then, obviously, they lost to Ohio State, but they kept that game close in week one. So, I think – I think when you look at Notre Dame, they're a good team that just sort of hasn't been able to figure it out offensively. Um, obviously, up front, as usual, Notre Dame always has a good offensive line. It's no different this year. Uh, and they've got three running backs that are all good. I think on their own, they would all be, you know, very effective thousand-yard type backs. Um, Chris Tyree's been there for a while. He's kind of been the odd man out in recent weeks. Uh, Logan Diggs is a new guy. Ultra Gessime is he's their big like power back, but he's I mean he's he's got some shiftiness to him, and he's been he's he's had a few fumbles this year, and that's sort of the knock on him. But he's been the one that probably scares you the most. Chris Tyree is the only one that's really involved out of the backfield. Um, but I mean this is a this is a solid run team. They're not gonna. They're not going to try and get cute. I mean, they're going to run old school power. I mean, they're going to get an eye formation, twelve personnel. They're going to, they're going to hit you in the mouth. Um, yeah. And obviously, I think Florida State um, is probably the best running team we've seen. Obviously, I've mentioned that I think Florida State's offensive line is better than most people would think. They've got two good running backs. Um, Sid unfortunately saw them both, and um, you know. I mean, they they had success against us, especially with a lot of that zone running scheme, grading cutback lanes. Um, the biggest thing I think that's going to be different between, obviously, scheme-wise, it's a little different. But the other big thing between them and Notre Dame is that the quarterback isn't necessarily a run threat. The last two games, we've seen Jordan Travis um, and then Garrett Schrader for Syracuse. And both of those guys were effective running the ball, um, especially Schrader. I mean, he was – clearly a focal point. He had 20-something carries. Um, so not having to deal with the quarterback run, I think, helps us. Um, but it's going to be a very physical game. Obviously, our defensive line is starting to play better. Um, we're healthy. I think the bye week is probably good just in terms of getting uh, guys like Brian Bercy and uh, Trey Williams and even even to a lesser extent get, you know, Miles Murphy and, and some of your guys on the edge like Xavier Thomas, give them another week to get back to full strength. Um so that definitely helps. We'll have Barrett Carter back. Obviously, that never hurts. Um, but the biggest thing, I think, for Notre Dame offensively is going to be Mike Mayer. We know he's a beast. They're, they're, it really goes without saying. Um, but he's also their only weapon. I mean, they have a couple of receivers in Lorenzo Styles and uh, Demonte Colsey, who I think are good players. Um, but they don't necessarily scare you. Mike Mayer scares the hell out of me. He's, I mean, he's got 47 catches for 580 yards and six touchdowns. That's basically double the catches, yards for their next best receiver who's in style statistically. I mean, he's got six of their 13 touchdown catches. Um, he's already had, I think, two or three games go over 100 yards. I mean, he's – I mean, in the two games that we saw him as a freshman in 2020, he, I think he had five or six catches in both of them. But he's going to – I mean, they're finding ways to get in the ball. Obviously, Drew Pine at quarterback isn't – the greatest player, so they're going to lean on on Mayer when they do throw it. Um, and against our linebackers, we've we're athletic, but I I don't think we've necessarily played up to the standard at this point. 
Uh, there's been misses and run fits and stuff, and that scares me. But I think having a guy like that working across the middle of the field against linebackers and safeties is um, definitely worrisome. So having a week off definitely helps. You get a little more time to be creative. But defensively, I don't exactly know where you got to try and stop him. Um, defensively for Notre Dame, I mean, veteran unit, seven returning starters. They've got some high-end players. Isaiah Foskey, a defense spin. He's about to break their uh, career record for sacks. I mean, he's going to be a first-round pick um, in all likelihood. Uh, they have Brandon Joseph, who transferred in from Northwestern. He had a huge year in 2020. Even last year, he had another big year. Um, so far, he's he's been good. That um, he doesn't have a whole lot in the way of stats, but he's he's a very good player. And then Cam Hart at corner, he's six two, plays boundary. I mean, I don't know what scouts think of him per se, but the, the little bit I've seen on tape, he just kind of erases guys, um, which is never fun. Um, but I think I think Notre Dame is probably as a whole probably the best defensive unit we've seen. NC State is good, uh, but the structure of NC State probably allows you to do a little bit more than Notre Dame, especially because they have such a force at edge rusher that can wreck the game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what they want to do as far as how often they blitz. Obviously, Syracuse got to DJ. Syracuse is a heavy blitz percentage team. Uh, so with the way that we've been throwing the ball or not throwing the ball the last few weeks, um, it'll be interesting to see if they if they choose to, to blitz and kind of take the fight to us or if they hang back, drop eight, try and make DJ beat them that way. Uh, and then also with Bosky, if he normally plays over the left tackle, um, but I'm curious to see if they flip him and try and get him over the freshman Blake Miller at right tackle. Um, we've seen he's had some issues with other guys, especially speed rushers. Um, we'll kind of see what the dynamic is there. Um, and then for Clemson, I mean, it's just a matter of which DJ we get. I think defensively we, we stack up really well. Uh, like I said, the defensive line is the strength of our team. They're going to run the ball. They had nine passes against Syracuse. Uh, they're not going to beat you by throwing the ball. Um, but for us, we have to throw the ball. I think that's going to be a major part of this. Um, over the last couple of games, our receivers have only accounted for 11 catches. Um, against Florida State, obviously, Shipley had six catches. Moffa had three. It was very apparent we were trying to get the backs the ball and swing passes and stuff like that. Uh, just to one affect the the weakest part of um, Florida State, which is probably their corners tackling and their defensive line depth. So you get those guys running horizontally. But, I mean, only only three catches for the receivers in that game. One is a touchdown to Antonio Williams. And other than that, we did a whole lot of nothing. And that was when DJ kind of started to be a little more shaky on tape. Um, you can see there was a handful of misplays, a few missed throws, just mechanics getting ugly. And then obviously you see how that, you know, works its way the, the week after against Syracuse where, I mean, the first seven games we had three turnovers as an offense and then you have four in one game. So I think obviously the bye week is good because it gives you a chance to kind of reset. You self-scout a lot of things. Um, and like I said earlier, I think it gives you a chance to be a little bit more creative, especially offensively. Um, and DJ is our guy. I mean, we're going to go as he goes. Uh, so it's it's important that he's he's able to go back there and cut it loose like he did in 2020. I mean, threw for 400-something yards, set the record for most passing yards ever in Notre Dame Stadium. Obviously, they're going to have a packed house. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be a good game. I think the line, like you said, maybe, maybe a little maybe a little thin. Um, I would probably have it closer to five or six. But again, when you're when your last 
game is benching your quarterback, who's been very effective up to that point. I mean, we didn't look good. Um, and Notre Dame's a team that they're they'll they'll beat you. They have they have good players too. So I'm kind of curious to see exactly what the outcome is. I think obviously keys to the game. You got to stop the run. We got to be able to run the ball a little bit. But the biggest thing is is trying to get our tight ends involved. Um, I mean, just do what we needed to do to get DJ settled in, and then let him let him start ripping it. Because when we were at our best, obviously throws of 20 yards plus were kind of what we were built on. And since the one to uh, Antonio Williams, and then the other one to start the second half at Florida State against um, where we hit Davis Allen on that little, you know, throwback. Um, because it's almost like a what you call it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the word is for that. I'm having a brain fart. But anyway, since that, we don't have any passes of 20 yards or more. And that's and that's something we got to get back to. We got to be more explosive in the pass game. And again, it just comes down to which DJ will get. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I agree. I think it'll be a solid game. I don't know. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be a low-scoring game. <clears throat> I mean, I tend to agree with you because I don't, I don't necessarily want to overstep and say, okay, well, everything that was wrong with DJ can be fixed. Because, I mean, it can be. We've seen him play well. Um, but I also think it's like he's, he's playing with house money and then when everybody starts to kind of expect, okay, he's going to be good week to week, then he starts pressing a little bit, has a bad game, confidence is lower, you know. How do you respond? So it's tough for me to come out here and say, yeah, I think our offense is going to rebound. So I'm with you. I think it, I think it'll be a low scoring game. I don't think either team is going to hit 30. Um, Over under is 44. What do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm, I would kind of be there too. I'm thinking, I think a little thing about teams that. are probably going to be low to mid, low to mid 20s. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think, I think the ceiling for our offense is a whole lot higher. But again, if they can run the ball and control the clock, um, it's not necessarily about points. It's about just having possessions to try and score. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, Clemson played a lot of close games this year, and and they find ways out of them, and and you know they they play well when they need to play well. So I wouldn't expect this one to be any different. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I guess with that, we can move into the prime time game of the week. Well, not prime time, but well, three thirty is this technically prime time on CBS. But number one, Tennessee versus number three, UGA. Should be a night game. Hit us with it, Davini. Before we start recording, you said you're very nervous about this game, more nervous than you've been about a game in a while. So, yeah, <clears throat> um, probably since we played Alabama in the championship. Uh, SEC championship game, actually. Because um, going into the Natty, um, I was nervous, obviously. But, you know, it's it's hard to beat a team as good as we are twice. You know, I had – True. I had, uh, had a lot of good thoughts heading into that game, um, and they came true. But um, this is probably going to be the biggest game that I've ever been to in Athens, um, a close second and third uh, would definitely be the speaking of Notre Dame um, when they came down to Athens a couple years back. 
um, that's when the the light show like kind of started when Bama Bama did it and we did it. Um, that was a night game as it should have been. Um, that was a crazy experience. I mean, that was one of the most fun fun times I've had at a football game. Um, and I'm expecting the same this weekend. But at the same time, it can get very ugly. Um, this team is really good on offense, not only in the air, but on the ground. Uh, and that's one aspect of their offense that goes overlooked a lot is their ability to run the ball. That's what sets um, it up. I mean, they run yeah. so much play action. They have to. They, I mean, they have to. I'll get, I'll get into it in a second. I want to throw you some stats um, before I get into the, the X's and O's about it. Um, I told Jacob this earlier uh, while y'all were doing whatever y'all were doing at 8.30. Um, <laughs> but uh, since 2017, we're 32-1 and one at home. 7-0 against um, – Ranked opponents and three and zero. We know who that loss was. Yeah, we do. Three and zero against top ten, top ten teams. Um, so that's good. You know, we have history on our side. Um, and Tennessee, I know y'all saw this one. Is one in thirty nine since two thousand and seven against top ten teams, and that one win was a couple. The last ago. one, baby. Yep. So, um, you know. If uh, this is going to be one of those games, if Tennessee can do it, they're probably going to run the table. Um, but, you know, we're going to see what they're made of this weekend. But, um, yeah, a little injury update going into this game. Uh, unfortunately, A.D. Mitchell is not going to be able to play. Um, he's still nursing that high ankle sprain, you know, which we've shown we can still put up a lot of yards and score points without them, but you know, it stinks that um, your best guy out wide is not going to be available. Um, on defense, Jalen Carter got 20 snaps against Florida. Um, that's the most he's gotten since Oregon, I think. <laughs> or really, uh, Oregon or South Carolina, yeah, or Samford. I think he had 30 against Samford. 35 against Oregon, and then he got hurt against Stanford. Um, I knew he'd been on a pitch count, but I didn't realize it was that low. Yeah. Because um, he played a little bit against Bandy, didn't he? Or no? Did I dream that? No. He did. Actually, he did. He got, I mean, like five snaps. You know, nothing nothing crazy. Um, but like I said earlier, Nolan Smith is out um, for the rest of the season. And as a he's he leads the team in sacks this year with three. Um our our defense isn't really a uh a big pass rush um unit as we were last year. You know, we are probably last in QB pressures and sacks in the SEC. It you know, probably not last, but second, third to last. Um we have a hard time getting to the quarterback, but what we are good is, you know, down covering guys downfield. Um, but I'm interested to see on how we cover that huge loss on Nolan Smith. Um, we got a couple options. We got Chaz Chambliss, um, who's in his second year 
Um, he's shown some promise, but, you know, he's just – he doesn't have the it factor that the guys – the young guys behind him. Um, the young guys are Marvin Jones Jr. Michael. And uh, uh, Michael is playing end. Um, are you right? Is that he's too big. Yeah. Um, Marvin Jones Jr. and Jalen Walker. Um, which when people are saying Jalen Walker is probably one of the biggest guys on the on, on the defense um, as a freshman. Um, people are saying he's going to look like Trayvon Walker. Not play like him, but look like him. Um, you know, which is a, a bonus, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. That That's going into the biggest game of the year and you have one of your your you know your veteran guys with probably the most playing time on that defense out um you know in the position he plays yeah in the position he's so he's so versatile in in what he does that's what that's what worries me because I feel like the the problem with Bama is that they sat back Bama had I think Bama had two two plays the whole game where they sent six or seven in pressure obviously that's not really George's game but I feel like you got to you got to generate something, a little bit of push against a good offensive line. Because if Hooker stands back there, I mean, guys are going to get open. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the, that's why they're this team is just their offense is so good because they're four. I think four, four or five guys on the line came back. Um, running backs came back. Quarterback obviously came back. All the wide receivers um, came back. I think, yeah, except one. Um, so this is a veteran group that's been in the offense for the second year now, and uh, yeah, they only need one of the receivers. Yeah, for real. And you know, watching them play, Hendon Hooker is getting the ball out quick. He's not giving you enough time to get to him. You know, this offense is set up to where the ball is out of his hands in less than two and a half seconds every single play. Um, and so we're not gonna we're not gonna beat them by getting to them there I, I just don't think of our watching our guys all year uh getting to the quarterback we're not going to be able to do it against them either um especially with nolan or nolan smith out um so i think kirby's gonna have to go into this game with a he definitely knows that um i mean they have an offense that throws they stack two receivers on both sides of the field all the way to the sideline okay it's crazy as dbs you are you know forced to run man on one side zone on the other or man both and safety high um but usually the way they line up is it's so creative they'll stack two on one so they'll have guys right next to each other on one side and the other side they're on the other side of the field but they're kind of like five to seven yards apart. Yep. They're not stacked, but they're still close. And so what Guaranteed that does – free releases and switches off that. Yep, and that is going to cause the safety to rover over to that side because he knows he's going to have to help um, those switches and combo routes. Um, so you're leaving your guys on, on an aisle on the other side. And we saw it a little bit against Florida, um, Malachi Starks, probably made his first freshman mistake all season. He bit on the um 
he had greeny on when you know, we were in oh in the two. wheel route yeah um he bit on the um i think it was a it was a hook or a cross um anyway he bit on the inside route and the wheel just went right by him, you know for a long touchdown Tennessee and, lives on that yeah i mean all it takes like jacob we were talking about before we started all it takes is one second of hesitation as from a safety against this offense and, and Timothy Timothy Hyatt's 50 yards downfield yeah because and I think I think the craziest thing about the whole thing you talked about the spacing obviously it's the whole Art Riles I mean if numbers are favorable in the box they're going to run the ball they have two yeah. good running and they'll they'll put Prentice back there this tight end 88 he'll run the ball I mean, they'll have him at H back. They'll split him out. And the thing that's so interesting to me about the whole thing is that they don't use a whole lot of motion pre-snap. They're not oh. moving guys around because obviously the tempo is stupid. They're going NASCAR fast. Oh. And the other thing is, is that, like you talked about, your safeties have to stack when they stack. You have to you have to mirror the stack, and then you you're basically going to press on the guy that's off that's on the ball yeah. and the guy that's getting the free release who's behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, you have to you have to trail him. He's gonna have yeah, you have to be able to run with him. Where you he's gonna have eight yards where you can't really bite on it, and that's why they're running all these crossing routes, slants, just ten yard digs, and they're gonna be open. Yep. That's the thing; they can dink and dunk on you, and then as soon as you have a safety that that either fucks up and bites, like you talked about on Starks, or if they can get if they can catch you sleeping and they catch you where you like Kentucky tried to do this thing where they would have overhang defenders. So you'd basically have guys out on an island between between the between the tackle and the and the receivers, which is like sixty feet. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's so much space between them that you're basically taking a guy out of the formation because he's trying to sit there and cover in space, just drop back into a zone and cover these over the middle routes. And as soon as you do that, now you've got a safety on the slot because the safety has to play back off the stack. Because you yeah. see what I'm saying? Now your corner is up on the guy at the line of scrimmage, and your safety is responsible for the guy running if he goes in the boundary. And that's what they did with Hyatt when he was so yeah. wide open in the first quarter. Yeah. You do that, I mean, there's no safety. I mean, Chris Christopher Smith is a good player. He's not going to run with him or Tillman. No, absolutely Nobody not. Is. I mean, when you – I mean, you're, the safety's the safety's backpedaling while, while Hyatt is full speed, 100-yard dash running down the field. I mean, we saw in the Bamba game, number two, what's, I forgot his last name. Basham. Yeah. No, he, he had a, he oh, had a 10. DeMarco Helen, yeah, you're right. He had a 10, 15-yard cushion on Hyatt. And Hyatt just ran by him because, I mean, he's running full speed already. You can't turn the hips and that, that is, quick and catch him. That's the one thing I think Kirby will be able to avoid um, just because – Obviously, you're not going to be able to shadow Hyatt. You're not going to move guys around with him. But I think you'll have – I mean, Kamari Lester, I think, is a good player. But obviously, you're going to – I mean, Keeley's going to have to shut down Cedric Tillman, period. Period. There's yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But you can't you can't have your safeties stacked off that. And I don't know who y'all really even play at nickel. A lot of times, Christopher Smith. But if y'all have a third corner, they're going to have to play. But I also think that if you can do that, Kirby's – probably got enough wherewithal in, during the game to keep y'all out of bad matchups. Like, you're not going to have a safety over the slot. I nah. just don't – I don't think he's going to let that happen, even if he has to burn a timeout. I think, honestly, I mean, it, you'd never want to say this, but I also think y'all are just going to have to fake injuries. You're going to have to get – You're going to have to go down. 
I was just about it's, to say what they do. You don't want to say so, it, but it's they're so you gotta good do at, it. They're so Absolutely. good at locking your personnel on the field to where they don't sub. And so your guys out there, your guys. Yeah. And and what they'll do is when you get they get that person on the field, then they're very good at saying, okay, we think we have a matchup here. And they'll just they'll just target that. And yeah. if you guys aren't on the they're same crazy. page, if you got they're young crazier. guys that are tired and they're looking around, like I mean, it, it's just it just takes one small, you know, hesitation in the backfield from a corner and a safety not being on the same page and it's to the house. You know, so, the crazier part about personnel is obviously they're calling plays like before they run this one, they've already got two more dialed up, depending on how this one goes. Oh, yeah. And if somebody hits on this one, they're going to flip it, and they're going to throw to the other side of the field because they know homie's gas because he just caught a 30-yard pass. Yeah. So, it's yeah. – I mean, the play – it's it's so impressive. It really is. And it, it is a great scheme. <laughs> it's it's, it's another... a great scheme if you have a quarterback like Hendon that can – is a little bit mobile, or he's more than a little bit mobile, but also – you can protect him, and he can sit in there and just dot it up, and that's what he that's does. That's the thing. If all you don't the, have the quarterback because, to do it, then you're you're going off the field three and out very quickly, and you can, it's hard to get in a rhythm. But, I mean, he he just gets in a rhythm and just rolls. Yeah, and they're um, – Speaking of the play action, one thing you'll see is they run front-facing play action more than me in my entire life. What I mean by that is the quarterback, he is going to stand flat-footed with his eyes just straight on the defense. He's not turning his body, certain side of the field, making half field reads. Their whole field reading your ass off of him. And he'll just he'll just flip his feet. His, yeah. his feet are are something serious. Because yeah. you see guys off RPOs, how they'll be able to, like, flip their hips and just throw a dart in there. He can do that to either side of the field off the hash, and he's got an absolute hose. So, it's, it's something serious. They're for real. <laughs> I think the most impressive – I think the most impressive thing about the scheme is, like, you look at a guy like Hyatt that's just scoring touchdown after touchdown, and you're like, okay, like, at some point, you just got to lock that dude down. But he still continues to be wide-ass open. And that – you can put that a lot on his athleticism, but a lot of it's the scheme. It puts guys in bad – I mean, they're making sure he's the guy that's getting – Yeah, getting they're the making – I don't, I don't know if y'all seen – y'all seen the videos where they'll have – the defense will have the matchup they want, and Hooker will look over and do an audible and bring Hyatt to the slot. And so they have the safety over the, over Hyatt now because they they know what matchup they want every single play. Dude, they're just locked in out there. Those are seniors with Finden and just – That's what I'm scared that's of. That's the other thing. And they're, and they're doing it in like a second and a half every yeah. play. They're like, oh, you got you got Keeley on Hyatt? Hyatt, swap, come uh, to the slot. Like, Keely I mean, is every time. Super physical. Keely, you know, I, I feel like Keely's a really good player, but Keely straight up on Hyatt. Dude, Keely's probably the. Uh, he's the only guy fast enough to run with him. Yeah, he's probably one of the fastest guys on the team, besides Aaron Smith. But the you, wouldn't, thing is that, you wouldn't notice it. You know, it's kind of sneaky speed. He's also big as fuck. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, another. Big thing. Oh, what I was going to say is their running game. Um, I don't know if y'all remember watching the Alabama game. That last drive uh, where they kind of iced it and scored, they ran seven times in a row. Dude, that's that what they did yeah. against Kentucky in this, on their second drive. Against they Kentucky, just, they ran the ball yeah. like eight out of ten to eight out of ten plays. They yeah. Punched it right down their throat. Scored they, um, because they, Again, if you don't adjust numbers to the box, they're going to yeah. run the ball. And you they, can't. They, you try to think you have them you know, 
you have them thought out and you have guys out in space, you know, getting ready for this, you know, bomb they're about to throw and they have a mismatch up front, they're going to audible the run every single time. Um, Cause they come out and pistol and then they'll um, hooker will tell the guy uh, what side to go to and they'll pull the tackle and it's, you know, five on or six on five or whatever it is. Um, Running back makes somebody miss in the hole, and they got two good ones. Yeah, they're just going to gash you. Um, Hendon Hooker's in, – in order for them to, you know, come out there and, you know, take us to the woodshed, I think Hendon Hooker's going to have to run. Um, because I think Kirby will be ready um, to have a game plan to drop a certain amount of guys back, and, you know, and pretty much just play – what is it called in NCAA? Uh, prevent. <laughs> Play prevent the whole game. Because um, we he does trust – he will trust those uh, linebackers and that D-line to make plays when they have to on the run game. Um, but Hendon Hooker is going to have to run the ball. Uh, yeah, but to, see, the problem with that honest. is – The problem – and that, that's like – that's a valid thing. But Jalen Carter I, and those guys, they're studs. But if you put them out on the field – and you can't sub them, and Tennessee's just rolling, it, it, it's like how, how many times in a row can they make that play? Because they'll put they'll put their ass on the field. And, won't, I mean, Jalen Carter's going to have to play the most snaps he's played all year just by design, just how they go. So they well, yeah, just, just how they go, he probably will. But that's what I'm scared of, too. I don't know if he's even, you know, fully conditioned back to 100%. You know, game, <laughs> He's going to be about the third quarter. Yeah, game-wise. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, the only way you can beat this offense is good coverage. Or keep their ass on the sideline by running the ball. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. That's, that's the whole game plan. The yeah, less time yeah. they have the ball, the better. Yeah, you just got to have – you just got to have it. And yeah, the best way to beat their offense I think, is just to score more than them. Yeah. <laughs> um. And, you know, this is two – the top two offenses in the country. Um, not so much uh, as, as the defense, you know. We're, I think, four in defense and they're whatever, like 40-something or probably worse than that. But – Not um, as bad as you – Yeah, I mean, no, but – I don't think they're going to stop you all. That's – yeah. Yeah, I think that's the whole point. We're definitely going to have to, you know, like Sam said, time of possession is going to be key um, yep. in this game. So turnovers. Um, yeah, whoever whoever makes the more most mistakes usually uh, loses. Um, so with that being said, um, what's the spread? Nine right now. I know it, it came Which out is, as it came uh, out as eleven, and I was shocked. I think it's eight. Um, but it's gone down. It's eight. That's because everyone's putting okay. their money on Tennessee. Um, they got to drop it. Oh yeah. Um, my score prediction is probably going to be forty-one thirty thirty. Okay. Thirty-four. Okay. I would say forty-one thirty-four. I like it. Well, I mean, I the the. My gut is telling me they don't break 30, 
but my mind is telling me they do. Um, so I'm going to say 41.34, um, but my gut's saying like 41.28. Okay. Yeah, and even – I'm such a nerd. I went back and watched the first half of y'all playing them last year in Knoxville. Yeah. And, um, I mean, RIP William Poole and Dan Jackson because them boys they – they I mean, obviously – they they got they, they got, got I mean, took they out got, too. They got prison love for a little bit. And the yeah. thing is, is that Tennessee was in this game, and if Tennessee could have run the ball more consistently and been able to convert, put themselves ahead of the chain, sometimes, I mean, it it would have it would have been a war in the second half. But yeah. obviously, Georgia just controlled the line of scrimmage to the point where, and that's the other thing. If you can push the pocket on Hooker, the one time that. Well, the two times that Bama was able to force him into mistakes, it's because his feet came out from under him, wasn't able to step into throws. That's why Jalen Carter is is right. He can fuck up the whole game in the middle. He really can. Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm glad well, he's coming we'll see. Back. Yeah, I can't we, wait. We will see. Um, but with that, I guess we can slide on into the picks for this week. Okay, so a little little week nine recap. Um, Sid, as usual, uh, did what he needed to do, uh, paced us. Uh, Davini kind of got screwed with uh, with Auburn and Iowa State, um, but he was he was one of the two that picked UCF, so he's able to save some points there. As of right now, Sid's still in the lead. Jacob in second, Ian third, Connor in fourth. Davini, per usual, bringing up the rear. Um, so, first game of the week, we've got App State and Coastal. App State, a three-point favorite on the road, a little Thursday night action. Um, I'm taking App State here. I think – I really like Coastal. I think uh, I think Jamie Chadwick probably needs to go ahead and get poached um, by a Power 5 school. Don't know which one will do it. Somebody's going to do it, though. Um, but, well, yeah, Auburn would not be a bad pick. But I think App State can run the ball a little bit too well. I like them. Yeah, I, I like that state as well. I think I want to take them. I mean, this was a really good team, and I like Jadwell, but they just kind of – they haven't looked quite like themselves this year. So, I'm going to go with that state. I'm going coastal. They're on the blue turf. I'm just feeling it. Grayson McCall's a dog. Let's go. App State does run the ball really well, and Chase Bryce has been going off, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'm going Coastal um, simply because Sam and Sid pick App State, and your boy is 20, <laughs> points, 20 points behind, so got some ground to take up. You'll have that. Um, next game up is a little Friday night lights action. We got Oregon State, who's ranked for the first time, I think, ever in the playoff era. Um, they're on the road at Washington. Washington's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, so, Washington, if y'all don't know, Washington just airs that hoe out. They have uh, Michael Penix, who used to be at Indiana, and his stats are He's over 3,000 uh, yards. He, he's leading the league in passing. Yeah, his stats are stupid. Um, but all that means a whole lot of not shit because Oregon State is going to win. <laughs> I really don't even know who to go with here. Um, I know. I'm trying to trip you up so bad. <laughs> Like, I really don't want to go with Washington. Um, yeah. They are favored. Vegas, Vegas do I think, I'm go, I think I'm going to go with Washington. I'm also going Washington. Not really sure why, just a feeling, you know. 
Yep. With that being said, uh, Oregon State, where are you at? We gotta, you gotta pull for the Beavers every now and then. Uh, next game, Kentucky and Missouri. Missouri, a two-point underdog at home. I mean, I'm taking Mizzou here. I don't care. I, I think I think they're as good, if not better, than Kentucky right now, as things currently stand. This is going to be a, a, actually a pretty good game. <laughs> they're identical. Yeah. It's like the Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's either going to be that um, Sam passes Jacob and I or you know, Jacob and I just pull away from Sam because I'm going with Kentucky. Yeah, I'm also going Kentucky here, um, which sounds crazy because we beat Kentucky and then got our, got railroaded a little bit by Mizzou. But I don't know. I don't think Mizzou's that, as good as they showed last week. I think we just are that bad. Um, so I'm going Kentucky. Hmm. You know, I think uh, I'm going to have to ride with Mizzou just because, um, you know, I think Kentucky might win still, but for the sake of my points, I need to pick Mizzou. I just have no faith in Will Levis. That's what this comes down to. I'll be honest with y'all. Um, so, yeah, next game up, Florida and A&M. Uh, the Aggies, three-and-a-half favorite at home. This is a game that scares me to pick, um, and I'm I'm going to do something I know I shouldn't, and I'm going to pick Texas A&M. <laughs> I, I don't even know who to pick. Um, kind of feel like in these situations, I feel I've gone with A&M, and it worked out the majority at the beginning of the year, so just give me A&M again, I guess. Ah, frick, dude. Dude, picking SEC games this year feels like – Picking ACC games or something. Just like, I have no idea. All these teams are so evenly mid. So, yeah. so <laughs> side note right here, uh, at about, you know, two in the morning, Saturday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, Jacob and Connor and I had this conversation and we were all on the same page, but, you know, we'd been drinking for a little bit. So we all thought we were arguing. Well, mainly we thought we were arguing different points. And that was the point we came down to was that, these SEC games are just like closer to watching or picking ACC games than anything than they've ever been because these games are just so toss up. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody's going, any good. That's the going, conclusion. I'm going A and M. I don't really know why. Divinity, you know what you have to do. All right, ah, give me the Gators. Damn it! Should I go with Florida though? Give me the Gators. I'm just keeping it. I'm just gonna keep it. I'm just gonna put it in and not look at it. So, Davini, how many yards does Trevor Etienne need to run for for this? 115. I think, dude, I, I think he will. Anthony Richardson is probably going to have, like, 150, so. he's probably Now that I pick A&M and I know I shouldn't, he's probably going to – just watch. Just watch. <laughs> Moving on, we got Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech. Uh, looks like Virginia Tech's a three-and-a-half point favorite. Again, I'm gonna do something I feel like I shouldn't do, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the jackets here. I don't I don't like anything that Virginia Tech does in offense. I don't I I, I probably shouldn't take them, um, but I'm going to I'm gonna ride, ride with our squad. squad. I'm gonna ride with my squad. So yeah, I feel I feel the same way. I don't know. I think Tech's defense has a bounce back, like you said. 
Virginia Tech doesn't do like anything crazy on offense. I think it's gonna be low scoring. Um, but I, I hope it's the Jackets come out with it. Hey, I, all I'm gonna say is give me Tech. And uh, yeah, yeah, give me yeah. Tech. At the end of the game, I'll change my pick to whichever Tech. I'll, th- I'll take the technical school. <laughs> Divinny, you know what you got to do, playboy. I mean, I want to, I want to pick Tech, but it's just you are picking Tech. <laughs> I need I need the points, but if if Tech wins, I'm just gonna keep digging deeper. You know, I mean, can't get worse than minus twenty right now. Probably, yeah, you can. <laughs> well, me and you are me and you are on the same page with a lot of these. So if it can get worse for you, it's gonna get worse for me. Now we go to the big one: Tennessee and Georgia. Obviously, Georgia is nine point favorite. Dropped down to eight. Y'all said. Um, I love Tennessee's offense. I just don't think they do it in Athens. God dang, dude. This one's tough. I don't – I my heart tells me that they don't do it in Athens. Um, but this is a three-point game, so it's kind of like, do I roll the dice here? And I know everybody's going to pick Georgia and just pick Tennessee. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like I take the stuff – I think I'm going to take the safe bet, and as bad as I don't want to, I'm going to take, take Georgia. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pull for Georgia. Oh, I, I'm, I'm hoping I lose those three points. I, I would I'm hope you real. pull for Georgia over Tennessee, at least. Jacob I, I will, you would I hope will what? be pulling for Georgia. Um, I hope I'm picking Georgia because simply because I hope that they win. Divinity. Hold on. I love it. That I would pull for Georgia? Not Tennessee? pull for them. I would hope that, you know, you would not enjoy Tennessee fans. This couldn't. Um, this couldn't happen to a worse fan base. Showering, I don't know any Tennessee fans, so I'm, showering, like, I'm just social watching their, media their, like, for the next. I'm just watching their TikTok, and months. it's hilarious. So <laughs> I know, like, I'm kind of like, rocking with it right now. I mean, do you re- know, do you remember like, how annoying they they were during baseball season, and weren't you so happy to see them lose in the region? I kind of yeah. like watching their team though, because they were like a bunch of like douchebags, and they just embraced it. They were also the villains. They're not really the villains in football yet. No, they were the they are to me. Ball. I don't know, dude. Baseball, to be honest they with you, really... other than the Benny, I don't really like any Georgia fans either. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Anyways, clean clean sweep for Georgia there. I'm surprised by that. I thought me picking also... Georgia, I was going to minority. I really did. Um, next up, Bama and LSU. Um, Bama's a 13 point favorite on the road. I'm taking Bama here, um, but I think. I don't think they cover. I really don't. I think LSU keeps this one close. Uh, I'm taking Bama to cover. God damn it. Yeah, I take I take Bama here. LSU is is playing really, really well. Jalen Daniels is going off, but I, this is a game Bama wins. Bama's got to run the table, and they know that. So. Yes, I'll go Bama. What are you doing, Devinny? This is not the game plan. This is not – I know, but this is the only game that I don't feel hey, like – Hey, you've already – you've already had – there's already been a lot of parity in the in the first half of it. So. I, I just feel like this is – like the games earlier, there's – you know, are all low spreads and going to be good games, so it could go either way. But this game, I feel like Saban's about to go in there and beat the shit out of Brian Kelly. I hope so. I – I – I, I – my heart tells me that Bama's going to kick their ass, but I just can't can't bring myself to believe it. 
anyway, uh, we got Texas two and a half point favorite on the road against Kansas State. Um, did y'all watch Kansas State last week with the backup quarterback? I saw crazy. a score blow the booty hole out of Oklahoma State. Yeah, they went crazy. Yeah, I'm picking yeah. K-State. K-State. <laughs> Dude, I just – they beat the hell out of them, but it's kind of like <laughs> – They beat you know, their ass. Do they turn around and do that in Texas? Uh, I don't know. Give me Texas. I know that's Martinez. I, I, I feel I feel the same way, dude. I don't know if they're going to turn around and do the same thing. Texas is good. It's a battle of two really really good running backs and uh, Branson Robinson, and, not Branson Robinson, Bijan Robinson. <laughs> I just I was looking at ESPN and saw B Robinson, and that's the first name that came to my head. But Deuce Vaughn and and B. John Robinson. Uh, Quinn Ewers is good. Up. I don't really know. Johnson's hard too. I don't really know. I'm going Texas though. Divinny, I love that we're picking all the same games, but your track record scares the hell out of me. <laughs> yep. There you go. Yep. Last, last one, we got Wake minus five coming off 137 turnovers in Louisville. Um, they're playing NC State, who still doesn't have a quarterback. And for that reason, I'm taking Wake. You can't turn the ball over 15 times in back-to-back games. Yeah, yeah. If they don't turn the ball over, I think they win, uh, especially with the quarterback situation at NC State. So, yeah. Anyway. Speaking of speaking of that, them and Syracuse, just for not even for Clemson, just for the ACC as a whole, talk about pooping your pants. <laughs> Ultimate letdown. I mean, Jesus Christ, guys. But yeah, I'm also I'm also going wake here. I'm kind of surprised. Um, you know, ESPN gives them gives NC State a 59% chance to win the game. I just don't see it. NC State I was obviously out their quarterback and you know barely beat Virginia Tech and lost pretty bad to Syracuse the week before. Uh Wake Force is still a good team, even though, you know, you have turnovers. That, that happens. They're not gonna do it again. So give me Wake. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking Wake. NC State's not good with Leary without Leary. I mean. Their defense is still straight. But, yeah. They beat know. Virginia Tech by one point. I mean, their defense is still straight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also, I, I mean, MJ Morris kind of looked fine in the second half. I'm not going to hold him. Said, going back to the Tech game, for my points, I had Virginia Tech for points, but I think Tech is going to pull this out. Do you agree or disagree? Which Tech? I think Tech wins, um, and it'll be a low-scoring game. The one in Virginia or the one in Jordan? Uh, well, they'll both be in Virginia at the time of the game, so. It's, um, it's, you know, it's, don't, don't rock with Vippy Sue. You got you to gotta go with Tech, Georgia Tech. Okay. We'll rock with Georgia Tech. I think, I think, I think, I think we're going to win. So. Yeah. Well. There you have it, people. There's our pick. There's actually a good amount of parody, which is nice. I remember yeah. I remember when we, when we had the clean sweep for Georgia Tech against the Virgins. Y'all screwed us. Sid, do yeah, not let's let not talk about again. it. Let's not do talk not about. let this happen again. Well, yeah. you know, if they wouldn't have absolutely hid the fact that Jeff was, you know, had the stress fracture in his foot at that point, you know, we might have thought differently. Yep. Well, Sam, this is gonna go really good or really bad. So, yeah, either um, either I'm going to be leading and you're going to be back in the hunt or me and you are going to be in the fucking doghouse. Yeah. We're going to be watching Jacob and uh, Sid just battle it out. And then <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Connor hadn't put his picks in yet, but we'll 
we'll see what he does because yeah. I mean he's right there behind me. So yeah, I, I might. Forget, I forget about that little kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, there's our picks. There's what we had to say about last week and then this coming week. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Anyone that is still listening, peace.